Good evening, everybody. I'm pacing myself. Pace away. Hand me the pieces that are broken and bruised. Show you what love sees. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a Easter edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We are Greg and Stephanie Schleter. We are so excited to be with you, folks. Excited to uh, claim the victory. That is the theme for tonight. Claim the victory. So what does that mean? Well, we celebrated Easter, right? We hopefully went to Mass. Um, the more of us, I suspect, many of you are beautiful listeners, um, journeyed through the Lenten season, right? Luke 4 really clarifies what that season is all about if we're following Jesus. He went into the desert and battled the enemy. And he, it says in Luke 4, he came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, whether you're feeling it or not, regardless of the circumstances around you, that grace-filled victory is yours and mine to claim. And notice I'm saying claim the victory. The victory is there, but we got to claim it. I can hand you a million dollars and you could die of starvation. You could die in poverty. You could choose not to spend the inheritance that you have. And I suspect many of us tonight, and I'm speaking to myself, we're allowing the enemy to have quarters. We're allowing him to whisper the same old lies to us. And maybe we've been deceived into thinking, well, that was a great season of Lent and I battled and, you know, now it's kind of back to the same old. No, God is saying to you and me tonight, I want to be victorious in your life permanently. He died on a cross and poured forth his blood and water. And we who've been baptized in him have that uh, inheritance of the victory in him to claim it, to renounce these influences of the enemy. So what's whispering to you tonight, brothers and sisters? What, what are those lies that are, uh, are uh, haunting you that are lies? They're lies. And in the name of Jesus, are we ready to renounce them? So we're going to begin that way tonight. And uh, just to cue you up. If you've got a victory to claim tonight, if you want to share with us tonight something in your life that reveals Christ's victory, maybe it's you personally, maybe it's a family or a friend, a victory of Christ, evidence of Christ's victory, please call in tonight and proclaim it. In fact, just break in anytime, 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. Call in anytime and share with us, give witness to the, the, the victory of Christ in our lives. Join me in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for revealing yourself to us and, and to have some conviction, God, that does not rest in our feelings, It does not rest in our emotions, that is not anchored in our experience. It is a truth of nature. It is a truth of supernature, that you have conquered sin and death, you have uh, broken the gates of hell, the, the chains that held us bound, that we can enter into paradise, not just some distant day, Lord, but in this very moment, we can be aware of the way in which chains were allowing to hold us bound. So we, Lord, pray for the grace to see what are those chains that we've become peacefully comfortable with or unpeacefully comfortable with. Is it, is it angst? Is it uh, lust? Is it um, discontent? Um, is it self-loathing? Is it bitterness, contempt, 
whatever it may be, Lord, make us aware of these shadows, these whispers that are lingering in our souls that have no permission to be there, no permission to be in the throne room. We renounce them in the name of Jesus. We renounce these shadows, these lies, these whispers in the name of Jesus, calling upon your power, God. We pray, Lord, that you just flood us with grace, not just emptying of the junk, God, but that you flood us with a new Easter grace right now that would take the place of the debris. And that you give us the practice tonight, God, that maybe it's not hitting us right now what that debris may be, but that we'd be an Easter people claiming your victory from this moment forward throughout this season, that we practice being aware of the debris, the whispers, the lies, renouncing them by name in the name of Jesus, and that we claim an infusion of your grace that you want to pour into our lives. We ask this in your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Before Stephanie uh, shares with us some exciting things coming up, and we really encourage you to join us, um, just want to again give you that number uh, to share with us what is an example. Give us a witness of Easter victory, of Christ's victory in your life of late. Please call in and share with us, 877 877- Two seven five eight zero nine eight. The first one to call gets a prize that my wife will announce when you call in. <laughs> Is that a threat or a promise or a something? No, actually, the prize will be you'll get to say hello to. Joseph Schleter, who is working soundboard for the first time in forever, taking sounds like a Disney song. The first time in forever. Is that <laughs> John Paul's normal spots? In. But he originally sat in that chair. So it's like a homecoming. So, yes, please call in and share with us, 877-275-8098. So, before we get into the calendar, if you will, just want to uh, thank Father David Kidd, who did an excellent job, and then some, this past Thursday. And then some. And then some. That's how awesome he was and is. Where was um, that? At our Belief in Beverage Night for high schoolers and college students at the Fire Pit Grill Mm. um, in Holland, Ohio. So thank you also to the Fire Pit Grill. We encourage you to support them. They have been wonderful to our ministry and to um, so many people there. So just they were awesome hosts and just were awesome to work with. And I'm going to say awesome again. Um, but just there are probably 40, 40 plus yeah, ish um, people there. And Father David Kidd just received the question so well, which kept coming and mm-hmm. um, just great explanations with a loving presence. And uh, I don't know if you want to say same anything sex about that. marriage. How do we understand that? How far is too far? How do we understand hell? How could a loving God send us to hell? What about contraception? Uh, the wide range of questions that we may have, we wanted an atmosphere where people can have a respectful conversation. We opened it up, you know, he answered it and he opened it up for, for challenge and feedback yeah. and he encouraged that and other people shared in that. It was beautiful on that level just to have a conversation among interested people and, who had real questions yes, yes. and then certainly as best as we could to recognize that there are answers to these questions if we're seeking truth. If we seek truth and we recognize truth, is connected to abundance of life in Christ. They are connected, living the truth. Who doesn't want abundance of life in Christ? Uh, if we're sincerely seeking truth, you know, um, we everybody walked away, I think, with greater clarity 
of this truth that God gives us for greater intimacy with him in this world and the next? So two very positive things I thought were, one, no one left early, <laughs> and two, to kick him out. the questions uh, kept being placed in the question box that we had through the duration of the night, which I just thought was awesome because it is about, you know, looking and seeking um, truth and to be in an environment that you can trust. And um, just, again, that whole thing with charity is awesome. So it, older adults, if you're like, man, that would have been awesome. Guess what? Thursday, April 19th, next week. Next week, Thursday, Belief in Beverages Night. 7 p.m. at the Fire Pit Grill in Holland, Ohio on Airport 2. Um, you will have a chance. Father David Kidd will be back. And um, I just see it as, one, a great opportunity. If there are areas that you struggle with in in belief, and two, if there are areas that you struggle with in being able to articulate an answer in those discussions that I'm sure all of us get in with different people at different um, times of, of every day sometimes. So we warmly invite you and encourage you to come again April 19th, 7 p.m., the Fire Pit Grill, Father David Kidd. There will be good beverages. I thought of a good prize for those who call in and share with us uh, victory, Christ victory in this season. I will buy you a beverage of your choice at the Fire Pit Grill, 7 p.m. on that night. You call in tonight. Uh, I'm limited number, so you want to rush to the phone. I will buy you a beverage of your choice. You're tricky. April 19th for um, our Bring It, our Belief in Beverages night. Um, and where you sign up or you want to find more, it's free to come. But where you'd sign up is massimpact.us forward slash bring it. No spaces. B-R-I-N-G-I-T for those who are spelling challenged. Massimpact.us, bring it. Forward and, slash bring and if you're spreading the word and people don't want to commit but might want to come last minute, that is totally okay, too. So don't let a lack of registering prohibit you or your friends from coming. So Indeed. Um, uh, next week, we also have some Ignites going on. St. Peter Huron, April 17th at 630. April 18th at Most Blessed Sacrament. And also that same evening at Holy Trinity, beginning at 7 p.m. And Ignite also out there with our dear friends, just great people at all three of those parishes. So check out the calendar at massimpact.us um, for, again for those times and locations. And the Praying with Fire conference. Oh, yes. So these days right now, many are still in lit groups, or they're engaging in lit groups. What is that? It's seven weeks of gathering with a small group of committed people every week at a time that works to talk and pray. Uh, We've shared with great enthusiasm how many went from being participants, spectators, to actual leaders, um, to actually inviting six, seven, eight, nine people who committed. And across the board, they're all talking about transformation. They're all talking about the blessing that it's been, in spite of their fears, their concerns. So right now, folks, maybe right now, um, think about people that you know, family or friends, that you'd like to get to know better, that you'd like to you know, have a structured time. You know, it's cool to have people over for dinner and just relax, right? I get that. But what makes this kind of special is it's structured for greater encounter. It's structured for greater encounter of God and God alive in us. I mean, how many of our friends do we see even at Mass or in the neighborhood, but we really don't know meaningful things about their life? And we're depriving 
ourselves of the blessing that that is, of them sharing a struggle or a challenge or what they're dealing with. So across the board, uh, hundreds of people, literally hundreds, participated in this season one. One parish alone had 130-plus people uh, participating. That's Holy Trinity. So where can you find out more about these lit groups, which, again, we're hoping is more becomes more of a way of life than sort of another thing that we do, an ongoing thing, because it corresponds to the Sunday readings? Anyways, where to go? MassImpact.us forward slash lit groups. MassImpact.us forward slash lit groups. So this season, seven weeks lead up to May 20th, it's a Sunday, and it marks Pentecost, the birth of our church. Even as you look to that, again, coming out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you and me and us all to reflect upon the second chapter of Acts, to really look at that and recognize in that not just a past story, but it is meant to be a present description. I'll say that again, the second chapter of Acts, Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what took place there? Not just as a past historical thing, historical act, but it's meant to be a present description. And we're so blessed this year for our Praying with Fire conference to have an outstanding, unbelievably outstanding speaker, Bart Schutz, who is joining us. He and his brother Bob, who's author of the book Be Healed. If you haven't read that book, I just encourage you to get it. You know, it was introduced to us by Father Steve Matson, and Father Ricardo has a copy and raves about it. Many people we know speak of this book and its ability to connect the real human experience of struggle, of challenge, our roots, right, our family of origin stuff, and to connect that to Christ's presence working in there and moving us from Death to Resurrection. So Be Healed, that's the book. Anyways, Bart Schutz, part of that ministry, the brother with Bob, is going to be presenting for our fourth Praying with Fire conference at St. Joan of Arc on Pentecost Sunday, May 20th. You can get your discount tickets right now at massimpact.us forward slash fire. There's a limited availability at St. Joan of Arc, and it's going to be an unbelievable seminar. He's presenting his day of equipping for us. And by the way, they're booked two years ahead. We are so lucky that they're able to carve out this day for us. It really begins at 1.30 and ends at 6.30, so it's going to be pretty packed. But a wonderful day where he is going to share stories. He's going to give us powerful messaging. We're going to have some worship in there and some practical equipping during this Praying with Fire conference. Again, massimpact.us forward slash fire. Yes. Why are you shaking your head no? Forward slash fire. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's another thing here that I want to share. And first of all, invite you all again, you you who are listening and who have a story to give testimony to Christ's victory, maybe in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in a family friend, maybe over Easter, maybe during Lent, something you discovered about yourself, call in and give witness, 877-275-8098. So a small one for me. Last night we had, what's that stuff? Bring it on. Okay, thank you. Um, Last night we had, as is often the case in our home, a number of people, brothers in Christ, eight of them, uh, in our room, uh, fireplace (laughs) room, room. right, with good beverages. (laughs) And these are brothers in Christ who've been involved for a while in this mission. Um, Number two, they're all actively leading in their homes. They're leading prayer and uh, conversation, and, and they all give testimony to God's grace alive. Number three, they're all business people. They're all busy with kids and all the demands, but they make the time to make this a priority, and they're talking about that transforming grace. Whatever number I'm on, number four, um, they have been prayerfully engaged with us in 
considering what does God want of this region? You know, we pray the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, but do we avail ourselves to being the answer? I'll say that again. We pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that. How many times? Sometimes many times a day if we're praying a rosary. But do we avail ourselves to being the answer? Because if we don't get God's power that he's pressing in on us and he's pouring forth his power and he's wanting us to open our hearts and our minds to be instruments, I suspect that prayer may just be ritual. It may just be rote. We may be wondering, why am I even praying this? So with a growing number, we're really praying this earnestly. God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here through me, here on earth as it is in heaven. Long story, I'm going to try to make it short here. So we know, believe strongly that we are meant to have a retreat-like facility, a place that is, uh, if you will, bigger than our home, where we can accommodate large numbers, where you can bring somebody who maybe doesn't want to step on a church property. You can say, hey, come check this out. Come experience something. And what are they going to experience at the ground floor level? They're going to experience love. They're going to experience people who care about them, who are interested in them personally. They're warmly welcomed. That's the lowest level. There'll be that opportunity. Beautiful pond. We envision a big, large, great room that's like a family room, big fireplace, 350 people, a men's area, a woman's area, a teen area that you can bring people to. So the lowest level, people can just be invited to come and know they're loved. Where can you do that, by the way, other than your home, which is a great place to do it, but in numbers. And then up to the higher level of folks who are actively committed to talking and praying with groups and in their homes. And the goal, so, of this retreat facility is the arrows are pointing toward homes and pointing towards parishes, that folks are going to be more alive in the spirit, and increasingly they're going to be witnesses in their parishes and reaching out into the community. So what is the goal here? The goal is truly, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to verbalize it on air live here. Our goal is to respond to what God asks us to do. And what does he ask us to do? Number one, to be open to transformation of his grace in our lives. Number two, that it overflows and touches every single person in this region. Every single person he destines for relationship with him, we share that call, we share that mission, and we should be relentless with our blessings to be blessers until we see that happen. I, for one, I'm getting older, right? 56 kids. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be healthy. I don't know how much longer I'll have the resources or the talents God has given me. But I do know why he's given me time, health, talent, resources. It's not just to spend them in any which way. He's given me these blessings to be a blesser for his kingdom to come. That's it. That's how I'm going to be measured right now in this world and in the next. So we're inviting you. The brothers last night and I prayed about this and talked about this. And there's a plan in place right now to begin looking for property and to begin building. And, of course, we need you to help. Um, If this speaks to your heart, get in touch with us. Greg at MassImpact.com. Uh, dot us greg at massimpact.us if this is something that speaks to your heart please uh contact me and uh and help us be a catalyst united families brothers and sisters in christ seeking to make this happen i allowed some silence <laughs> i allowed a pregnant silence and into it actually someone just texted and i was um who i believe is now calling in so that was my pause, the pause, pause of silence. Why are people calling in? What's the number? 877-275-8098. I say it slowly, not because I don't know it, oh, but just okay. people have said in the past on different, whether it's the share or other times, that they need it 
said a little more slowly so they can write it down. So anyway, that's what I got. And we want them to call in and share how Christ has been victorious in their life. Amen. How's Christ been victorious in your life lately? Well, we've got a caller. We'll wait and see. If yeah, this... we're waiting for the caller. And I don't know if you can play the song that I was speaking of, because that song has very much spoken to me. But I love the line, um, the line, the, there was some, there was something on a billboard someone has just put through. Hello, caller. I love these kids. Hello. Welcome to Ignite Radio Live. Hello. We know Hi. this kid. Who are you? <laughs> he just you? he just misses. I don't even know who I am. I just saw these two kids like what what do you call those? Hover hover hoverboarding like across the street and it was awesome. They had like LED lights and stuff. So are you wanting one of those for your birthday so, or what why are you calling for this? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Hey John Paul, so, welcome to Ignite Radio Live. We do know that you're at Andrew's day or evening. I've got it wrong, don't I? <laughs> Andrew's day. dinner. Yes. Dinner. Uh the Andrew's dinner just uh, finished. So there were 52 young men. Awesome. Praise attended, God. Um, which was awesome. It was held at most blessed sacrament in Toledo, Ohio. A wonderful, and so the bishop wonderful was there. Place. There were, I think, about 14 or 15 uh, priests, um, all who brought these young men, some college students. And so started out with uh, praying vespers, and there's just it's always one of the most beautiful things in the world when you're in a mm-hmm. church and like just filled with men all praying together and like just that masculine sort of voice that resounds through the church is something that's just so transcendental. Um, so started out with that and moved to another room and ate dinner, which was delicious. It was like chicken and mashed potatoes and better than your mom's like that surpassing your mom's, cake. you know, you know, it's okay, it John was Paul. not nearly as good as my mother's mashed potatoes, good answer. but they were they were pretty good. Thanks, Jake. So, not gonna not gonna put them down. But uh, then after that, uh, Father Mike Danderan and Father Jeff Walker, the one and only, um, each gave about like well, Father Father Mike Danderan gave a five minute talk. Father Jeff Walker was supposed to give a five minute talk. It was more like a fifteen or twenty minute talk. Um, in Father Jeff Walker's style, and he was just excited. After that, just I know they they opened it up for questions, and so questions ranged from uh, what is the most common sin of a priest to do priests have to go to the bathroom during the mass? Important. Um, so questions. covered a covered a range of important different things. So now we're uh, the Robert Kelly is uh, taking me back home, so chilling in the car, and yeah. So what's the point so of this evening? Awesome. What's the vision and the purpose of bringing these men together? So I, the, the vision from how I understand is for many of these young men, myself included, something that is keeping them from the priesthood, or at least discerning the priesthood, is uh, two things. The encouragement from pastors, the encouragement from priests um, to to discern, as well as uh, just a good priestly witness. And so uh, most of the young men that came today were all encouraged to come by their pastors, by their associate pastors, and those priests that brought them are going to continue the conversation of discernment with those young men. 
And the other thing is just a good, holy priestly witness. And so something that was awesome was just seeing the camaraderie between all of the different brother priests, um, all of the encouraging, all the fun jokes, um, and just like the heart of Christ that was there present in each one of the priests. And so I think that the vision is to see um, more men discerning and being open to the priesthood and to listen to God's call, uh, no matter what that may be, so, uh, but just to be open. So, so John yeah. Paul, you're 17 years old. You're a very good athlete. You're a great student. Um, you could do a lot of things that you're very interested in. Why would you want to throw all that away and have such a drudgery of a life as a priest, and you don't get to have sex and all that sort of thing? Why would you even consider <laughs> it? I mean, what, what, a, what a waste. What's the point? Well, would I, I, I guess um, if, if there is a chest of gold, um, would I throw that away for a million uh, times that? And I think the obvious answer would be yes. And so each one is, like, each vocation is so beautiful. Um, but, like, God, his, his goal is for you to live in union with himself, and that's what brings us. Uh, abundant life and happiness, and so, um, and so, if he's calling me to priesthood, then there is the beauty of marriage. There is the beauty of religious life. The beauty of being single, but there is something more beautiful and something that is more uh, worthy for me. Um, not that I'm worthy to receive that sacrament, but God um, bestows a grace upon us to make us worthy, and so. I, I guess it's just there's there's beauty in each, but sometimes we're uh, we have to sacrifice a certain beauty for a greater beauty, um, no matter what that vocation may be. Awesome, and and more than anything, like you said tonight, and hopefully in all parishes on a regular basis, it's meant to be a witness and an encouragement, right? The witness of yeah. the priesthood and our dear, wonderful, holy bishop um, embodies that so evidently and mm-hmm. too often amen too often that encouragement is not there to be open right it's all about being open to what god calls us to because that is as you said sure. you know the ultimate um gift that the lord desires to give to us and we need to be open to receiving it regardless of what it is and obviously you know something so beautifully special about priesthood that we are so grateful for um any was anything said that stood out to you or to Robert? I don't know if he's driving and can talk or not, but um, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so there were. I mean, really, everything that was said could stand out to me in any way. Um, something that was, I guess, I guess this touched me personally because um, I am in love with just the ritual of the church, and now <laughs> Robert's phone died, so we have no idea where we're going. That's okay. Um, <laughs> um, the, uh, I'm, I'm falling in love with sort of like the ritual aspect of um, the Catholic Church, of the liturgy, and a question was asked um, about being bored, like, during the liturgy. Like, if you're bored, um, how can you... Mm be a good priest or whatever, and Father David Kidd um, answered that question by saying, like, look, it's going to be boring if you're not praying. 
Um, and that's something that really struck me um, to the core is just like if we're not praying into the ritual, if we're not praying into the liturgy and the sacraments, um, it's obviously going to be boring. Um, so I don't know, that's, that's something that uh, stuck out to me. But so yeah, Robert, do you have anything stick out to you? It's actually way. funny you said the same thing. Um, I was thinking the same thing. Someone, I forget which priest answered him, uh, answered a similar question beforehand and talked about just the beauty of the ritual. Ritual. I think it gets a bad rap for, you know, becoming maybe a mindless thing that you do out of habit and you lose respect for it. But on, on the other side of the coin is the fact that uh, you're doing it without having to put not about it's not about not putting thought into it, but not having to worry about too much of the uh, logistics and and really being able to enter into something because you have um, you've done it so many times. And I thought that was something that was kind of beautiful, looking at it from the other side like that, um, and being able to use the ritual as as a further means of uh, entering into the beauty of the mass and the Eucharist was something that really stuck out to me, and I hadn't really thought of it in that way before. Um, so that was something that was new and, and really uh, meaningful to me. Awesome. Let me throw a hardball question at you guys. You know, why, why if we want people in the pews, why don't we have potato chips and beer for those who are of, above age and a Starbucks in a lobby and play awesome, popular music like music and have a really engaging, energetic, screened speaker to make sure that he's really going to rouse our emotions. I'm being exaggerating to make the point, but, but why don't we do that in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church? We're so lame. Why, why don't we do that if we want people in the pews? After all, people are leaving. Oh, well, the, sh- the short answer, I think, um, the reason we don't have beer and potato chips and big screens and such is because we have something so much better than that, and that's the Eucharist. And so that doesn't fully answer the question, why can't we do both, I guess, is is the follow-up to that. And um, I think that there are places for um, for that kind of concert atmosphere in which you're able to praise Christ um, in a very, you know, passionate way and, and, and different kind of avenues in which you're able to encounter um, Christ on screen or on different uh, medias or whatever it is. And I think those are all beautiful avenues, and I think that those are simply streams that kind of lead to the deeper ocean of uh, mm. the, the Catholic Mass. And the reason I think that we don't do that is because things can be distracting to a uh, more meaningful, deeper level of understanding. I think if you start to tip your toes in Scripture even a bit, you can start to understand and unravel the uh, awesome entertainment and, and beauty of the Catholic Mass as it is today. It's deep in Scripture and tradition and all these beautiful little hidden gems in there that I think if you begin to study it and look at it for what it is, um, it itself stands on its own, and simply the presence of Christ is mm. the presence of God on earth in such a humbling uh, place as, as a piece of bread for itself um, speaks volumes, and there's nothing that can really decorate that to make it more exciting and more um, intimate or more meaningful that that would really uh, change what it is at its heart. Awesome, Robert. Great response. John Paul? Yes. I don't know if you heard my question, 
What what is I the matter? Ma- we're, oh. we're swamped. We're no. So uh, my question is, you know, if we want to attract more people, Robert answered it in sort of a, a really good fashion. Why don't we have more entertainment? Why don't we have beer and pretzels? Why don't we have you know Starbucks in a lobby? Why don't we have more dynamic, engaging speakers at the heart of it? So maybe just to build upon what Robert beautifully said. What is the mass, John Paul? What is your understanding of the mass? Why is it important? How does it speak to us today in a relevant, engaging way? Uh, that's a great question. So um, I read about a year ago um, The Spirit of the Liturgy by then Cardinal Ratzinger oh, and read it, reread it recently. And the, the, I guess the hope of the book is to try to convey what exactly is the essence of the, litur- of the liturgy. Because if we understand the essence of the liturgy, um, then we know what everything else should revolve around. Mm. And so Cardinal Ratzinger, um, he goes on to explain by use of Scripture, by tradition, um, by philosophy, just that the essence of the liturgy is to give sacrifice. And so... I think that we all we live in a world where that needs to be the essence of every single action of our life is that every single action is a selfless action, one where we're sacrificing something for the greater good of something. The nature um, of and love. that's what Christ did on the cross. And so um so in regard to the liturgy, um and even back to the whole um sort of like the uh what what you were saying, basically like a coffee house uh, church, um, there's no sacrifice in that. That's just uh, just adding layers of comfort um, that that can lead to laziness in our faith. And I think that um, with the liturgy, um, there needs to be sacrifice involved by uh, obviously the priest, by um, those who go to the liturgy, um, and because it's all flowing from what Christ is doing at the Mass and the sacrificing himself. And so there's a sacrifice all throughout the liturgy, um, and I think that that needs to translate um, more fully into our world today. And, like, the liturgy shouldn't just be left to just a Sunday, um, like, just something to check off, but that sacrifice that occurs at the altar needs to be a sacrifice that occurs day-to-day in our lives. And so um, so I'd say, like, that that's why we need... Uh, the liturgy to be a more important um, aspect of uh, our own personal faith, our own personal journey with Christ, because without that sacrifice at the liturgy, without the Eucharistic sacrifice, uh, we, we really can't fully sacrifice or know, even know how to sacrifice in our day-to-day lives. John Paul and Robert, thank you guys. Steph, you want to add something? I just oh, wanted to, to add, you know, speaking of the liturgy, the best of priests will tell you that the, the answer in understanding all of that and in seeing the beauty of that, et cetera, et cetera, is praying the liturgy well. You know, from the presiding to the music to the reverence, um, you know, highlighting the sacredness. And that would be the only thing I would add, I guess, is we don't have all those things because the sacredness protects that which is most precious and dear and the greatest of all gifts, you know, in the Eucharist. We have the Word, uh-huh. we have the priest, you know. So um, 
rock on. Thank you guys for calling in. You have uh, my son, John, sure. John Paul, who is uh, 17, and he's a junior, and Robert Kelly, a senior, who's going off to Dayton next year, and we're so blessed that these guys have had a community of brothers that have been gathering and praying regularly for a couple years now through this lit group that they organized. I mean, they put it together, and almost on a weekly basis with some hiccups because uh, of just schedules and such, they they have gathered together to talk and pray their own leadership in our home. At times, there were 50-plus people gathering. And uh, so what you're hearing, folks, I think is an, an exciting, encouraging portrait of our future church that is informing us, inspiring us of why liturgy, for Pete's sake, you're 17, 18, you can do all these things. You're considering being a priest? We heard a great answer to that. We heard a great answer to about the, the nature of the liturgy in the Catholic Church that God gives us around the Eucharist, which we clearly read about in John 6, and this gift that Jesus gives us of finding transformation, life, death, resurrection, Pentecost, all contained in partaking of the Eucharist in the Mass. Um, I'm going to pray, pray, I'm going to pray, certainly. I'm going to play a two-minute and 40-second clip here because it came to mind as John Paul was speaking by a prominent evangelist you may have heard of. His name is Benny Hinn. And this struck a lot of us a couple years ago when he came out, who's a very prominent evangelical, you might say charismatic, and at one point anti-Catholic dude. So I'm just going to play this so Joseph, you can bring up my computer. We didn't test this before I got on air. We'll see if this plays out. Hopefully it will. They just released a study. This will bless Bruno, I think. They just released a study that more people are healed in a Catholic church than Pentecostal churches. No, it's a fact. That's an absolute fact. The studies have proven it because Catholic people revere the Eucharist. More people get healed in a Catholic church during communion than Pentecostals during church attendance or communion because to us it's symbolic. Well, Jesus didn't say, this is symbolic of my body. He said, this is my body. He didn't say, this is symbolic of my Blood, he said, this is my blood. And I believe, I always have believed that in the spirit, it is his body. In the spirit, it's his blood. So you revere it. There's healing in communion. Absolutely. I've seen it happen in my own ministry. And there's healing in the Catholic churches because these people are devoted and show up every Sunday. They don't church hop. We hop. They don't. That's why we're sick, and many of them are healed. Miraculous, I mean, powerful stuff going on in those churches, Catholic churches. People just miracles like you can't believe. Miracles are breaking out today in Coptic churches in Egypt for the same reasons. You ought to go on YouTube and look up Father Makari. He'll blow your head off in a good way. You'll see miracles you can't believe in his ministry. I met that amazing man, Makari. Just put the word Makari, MCC or MKK, it'll come out, whatever. There's not a whole lot of Makaris out there. You'll see the miracles. You'll see the people getting free from demons by the thousands. Muslims come into his meetings and he walks with his cross and chants in the Coptic language and sticks his cross on their heads and they get healed. Wow. Amazing. Because they believe... As I believe, you must be faithful to your church. It's all about the church. I think we miss that in our Pentecostal circles. So, folks, um, 
very blessed to hear this testimony of a Pentecostal preacher, a very famous, prominent Pentecostal preacher, who's giving testimony of the power of the Eucharist. He's saying there are more healings in Catholic churches because of the Eucharist. How awesome is that? I mean, there, there's an indication of revival that I think is pretty awesome. And truthfully, anybody who may be struggling with this or the Catholic Church in any way, and there's a lot of reasons, but as, as Newman said, you know, there are many reasons people don't like the Catholic Church. And if I believed those reasons, I wouldn't be Catholic either. I'll say that again. There are many who uh, have issues and problems with the Catholic Church. And if I believed those things were true, I would have issues and problems also. But a central theme, a central idea that is inescapable is John 6, where uh, Jesus talks about the Eucharist, and he prefaces it verily, verily, meaning listen up, listen up, I'm not playing games. I say unto you, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life within you, for my body is real food and my blood is real drink. He lost A lot of followers, many of you have heard this before, but it's worth repeating. Many left him because they found it too difficult to to believe. Now, you'd think Jesus, as any pastor, wouldn't want to lose people for a trivial reason. He should have gone back if it was just, you know, metaphorical or allegorical or something and said, wait, wait, time out, you guys aren't getting this. No, they walked away. Except for the very few who, many of whom became apostles. And he asks Peter, are you not going also? I mean, and he understood Jesus understood that even Peter had a question mark over his head and a cloud over his head, as well as others. But they didn't leave him because they believed and they professed that belief by saying, Lord, where are we to go? You have the words of everlasting life. I mean, folks, if we together would bring that vitality of openness to God's grace in the Catholic Church, and if Catholics, if we lived it out the way that evangelicals are living it out, how awesome that would be. I like to put it this way. If Catholics rediscovered their evangelical wings— and evangelicals rediscovered their Catholic roots, we would lift this entire world to heaven. I just believe that's true. That is true. That which is true and good and revealed, we see exemplified often by our evangelicals, brothers and sisters. What if we approached with their hunger and their openness to God's anointing and his grace? What if we approached our Catholic faith and the grace poured out with that earnestness of an evangelical who says, I'm all in for Jesus? My life, my heart, my body, my soul, my family, I want to be all in. What if we had that same hunger? And by the way, we're seeing that. We're seeing many uh, speak of all the more of Catholic things, and uh, I think they're a breath away. I think we need to just keep praying about this. And we need to keep praying for those who are in the Catholic Church, that um, maybe for many of us, where it's just ritual. One thing that John Paul spoke of, uh, what came to mind was Pope Benedict's theme in his Jesus of Nazareth trilogy, that the heart of ritual and religion is relationship. What if we rediscovered as Catholics the relational heart of ritual and religion? How awesome would that be? I mean, Joseph, I don't know if you can plug in right now if you're doing research in the other room, but um, I mean, share with us some of the, the superpower going on even with Bethel on the East Coast, many Catholics involved with it, but how you keep coming every couple of weeks and you're saying they're so close to Catholicism. I mean, how awesome is that? Yeah, it's... I think people are more and more discovering as they're pursuing truth more and pursuing the heart of God more. They're discovering more the fullness of God's heart expressed in the Eucharist and his presence expressed and present there. It was funny. We were actually at, I was with a bunch of brothers and sisters from uh, this CYIC camp at um, this conference called One Thing. It's in Kansas. 
and uh, it's put on by a, a Protestant, a big Protestant group. There were, I think, like 20,000 people there. Um, and we actually had a Catholic track there, which is cool. I think we had, a, I'm not sure how many Catholics we had, but there, were, there was definitely a Catholic presence, and we brought in our own speakers for different breakouts and stuff. And just an awesome opportunity um, for church unity and revival and such. But one of the main speakers, and his name is Francis Chan, um, who is a global um, non-denominational kind of preacher guy, who has a, a huge following, very popular, very well respected, just v- deemed very genuine and authentic and the real deal. And he, in his talk to these 20,000 people, kept bringing up um, communion and kept bringing <laughs> up um, like the bread and John 6 and obviously not like not fully grasping it, but like us as like this Catholic group all sitting together, we're like, oh my goodness, he is so close. Like you're almost there because mm. he's talking all about communion and presence and like, what like Eucharist means and like all this stuff about like, just like eating the bread that, that most of his talk, most of like the, the second half of the talk was all about, you know, um, about the bread and communion and, and coming together and, you know, eating it and whatever. And we're all like, he was one step away. So it, it's, in, it's intriguing and very inspiring to see that even like these top evangelical leaders are, are, are sensing something's up with it. Sensing, sensing that something is there and they're, they're kind of getting glimpses of it and it's just cool to see and that's the church becoming united and answering God's prayer that they would all be one. Awesome. I'm going to ask you again, Joseph, to share with us um, just the great witness, an example that I might put under the word revival, that you see uh, a, a, I don't know, a rich example of a community wanting to operate on all cylinders in Bethel. Um, so give us, you, you've listened to talks from their leaders, you've read some of the books, you recognize, as we do, as Augustine said, all that is true is ours. You recognize in that, Lord God in heaven, why can't we Catholics just recognize that this is revelation, this is what we're meant to be doing? But the word revival, I think, captures so much. Share with us a little bit about what you've learned and what you're, you're, you're experiencing, you know, from afar, happening out there and how it's overflowing. Yeah, so I think, you know, I love talking about revival and there's so much that can be said about it. There's so much there and so much depth to it. One of the biggest takeaways that I've gained in the past couple months, really, even, is just this theme that this this worship leader um, who does stuff with Bethel said, the more heaven comes to earth, the more earth looks like family. Mm. And, you know, when we're praying the Our Father, like, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So clearly the goal is to make earth more like heaven. And the more earth becomes like heaven, the more, um, the more earth's going to look like family. And I think that's what some of these, most of these um, revival communities have down. It's that they have a family. They establish family, which is why doing things like the the live it gathering um, and and whatever it may be to grow closer to both your physical actual family and then your brothers and sisters in Christ is so important because if you want to see revival happen, you have to grow as family, and that's going to be one of the biggest keys. Is kind of what I what I've seen recently. These whether it be Bethel or Upper Room or uh, even Elevation and Hillsong and, and these other places that that have um, so much revival happening and and are doing so much for the the church and for the community of of believers they have family down so well and i think as the church who has so much fullness and i mean let's face it the, the church itself like the sacraments it's such a it's such a great way to 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 gather as family and to feed as family and to eat as like the church presents a plethora of activity for for family and so really we we have no excuses we should be up there with family and, and 
engaging in that because that that's how revival is going to come and 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 these great signs and and wonders that are done they all they all come rooted in family and and from being with people who you share that mission you share that vision with and, and who understand you and you guys grow together and and everything stems from that awesome and not only are they folks not only are they growing in depth and in number within their own churches but another sign that is very inspiring to me uh, is that they have an earnestness with claiming the kingdom around them. They're engaging in the community around them. They're devoting their resources, their time, their talent, their treasure to seeing the world around them transformed. I don't know if you can share anything on that, Joseph, but that's pretty exciting to me, that people are getting this is what kingdom uh, community is all about. Yeah. Um, it's not just something that's supposed to stay within their churches. I think Bethel and, and Upper Room in particular, from what I've seen, um, which are both just these these movements of of um, the spirit in the church. They both understand that you you can't just be going in and, and leaving it there. Um, both are very involved in in service work, even stuff like totally outside of church. You know, it's like Bethel all the time. They have they have hours that their city devotes that that they devote to the city, just cleaning up places or serving in in soup kitchens or or doing whatever needs to be done. Uh, for free, just volunteering because it's it's about getting out there and doing things. So they have that along the secular room as well as going out and ministering to people and sharing the faith and praying for healing and seeing breakthrough in that area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and even upper room is their whole motto is, is, is this in and out model. You're going in to worship and then out to witness. You're going like in that. to worship and get the blueprint for what God's doing. And then you go mm-hmm. out and you witness to what God has done and what oh, he, how, how he's how he's done that for you. If only this could collide, right, with with the Eucharist and with yeah. the sacraments. Well, because yeah. in and out was like a, a Hebrew. It was like an old Hebrew warfare term of of them. The Hebrews before battle would go in um, to worship God, and then they'd go out and watch as He fought on their behalf. And you know, as, as a church, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're supposed to be going in. Not just to get fed and like feed me, feed me, feed me, but so that we're we're growing fruit in our gardens with God, mm, and, and so and then yeah, and then so when we we go out, it's not like we have to try to like to both plant water and and pluck the the fruit, but it's already been growing inside of us, and so when we're encountering things, it's just a natural extension of who we are, and so what what we've worshipped, um, we're also able to witness. Super awesome, Joseph, my son, 18, uh, next year, uh, discerning still between a full-time missionary at Damascus or Ave Maria. Blessed, he's got a full scholarship there, and I know God's going to continue to do great things with him. Um, folks, you're tuning into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are just sinners uh, impelled toward the salvation in Jesus Christ. We're just discovering in our poverty that he is our provision. That's the heart of it. We're so blessed to look at our inadequacy that we can proclaim Jesus is Lord who fills us and floods us. And we're inviting you tonight to just really claim the victory in your life, to have the courage to look at the poverty in our lives and know that, that it was, it's meant to call upon him who is our provision. Steph, I want to play with the short time that we have left. You like my this song? song. You've got like 30 song. seconds to tell me why I'm playing this song. I don't know if I've heard it. 30 you, seconds. You have because mass. we heard it at Mass. Joseph and Grace, two of our wonderful okay. children, that's um, 10 seconds. Lead music at St. Joan of Arc, 1130 Mass. And this was the uh, one of the the songs that they led. And it's just very moving. The Power of the Resurrection. It was Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, I, it, it's just very powerful. So I encourage our listeners to listen closely to the words. It's called Living Hope by Phil Wickham.
what a powerful, powerful song just to claim that victory. I don't know how anyone can um, listen to that and not feel a sense of the the battle that was won that the the mm-hmm. Lord has claimed for us and just the power of the resurrection and how it's it's both a you know song of victory and also one of rejoicing. So Joseph, I'm going to invite you to lead us in a prayer to claim that victory right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we just declare that yours is the victory. That we're not working for a victory, we're working from it because you already bought it for us on the cross and you finished what you started. Lord, we declare your victory over every situation in our lives, even though we can't see the end yet, even though we may not see the battle has been won, even though it feels like we're in the midst of it, Lord. We declare that you have the battle won. In our families, in our schools, in our parishes, wherever, Lord, any situation, any sickness, you've won the victory. And Lord, we just pray that we would extend that victory to every area in our life, into our relationships, into our world, Lord, that we would bring revival through your victory, God, through you and you alone. We praise you, God, for all you do. We thank you for your goodness and the ways that you're working, and we just ask that you bless this week. God, you are so good, and we just praise you. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.